brought to you by Aiming for Jesus, Franklin County, Stories of Our Lives, the stories that make up the lives of our Franklin County, Mississippi family of people, from the current to the ancient, to the funny, to the uplifting. And now, here's Hollis McGeehee. The Bude Hotel, or Hotel Bude. How many of you remember when they had lunch there every day, and especially on Sunday, Sunday lunch? I remember it like it was yesterday. I was just a little bitty fella, and my parents would take me there quite often, the whole family, on Sunday right after church. And when you went in, it was like you were going into your own kitchen or dining room because you knew all the people in there, and typically the same people were there every Sunday. I remember there was one person who most people my age will remember, Coach Dossett, uh, Robert Dossett. He actually lived in the Butte Hotel back at that time. I can close my eyes and and hear the door opening, and I can smell the food, the chicken and dumplings and the biscuits and the gravy and the pies. It was like going back like it was yesterday. And then, of course, years later, Maddie Maurice Mfinger and her husband and family ran the Bude Hotel, but it was a fixture around Bude since the beginning, pretty much, shortly after the beginning, the original Butte Hotel burned and there was a second Butte Hotel, but both of them have a great history. Maybe some of you remember that. Maybe you remember the food there. Certainly, if you come along later, you can remember that the Butte Hotel was a place where many people gathered to watch uh, the Butte Parade when it came by. I was recently told that Butte didn't have a parade for quite a while, and and as I understand it, Miss Della Tyson, that would be the, the mother of Donald and Billy Tyson and the wife of Mr. W.H. Tyson, Bill Tyson, uh, was the one who actually started that first Butte Christmas parade. A lot of history in Butte. I want to tell some more stories and share some more. But right now, we're just celebrating the Butte Hotel and what it meant to so many people for so long. Take care. God bless. With the dawning of the new year, 1896, entered into this world, into Franklin County, into Bunkley, Mississippi, a legend of a man, Ned Weathersby. Ned was born on January 1, 1896, to Johnny and Fanny Weathersby, and he lived and died on the land where he was born. He lived a total of 85 years. He was married twice, first to Ada Gant, and he had three children, Lizzie, Curlene, and Caruth, and then later when Ada died, Ned married Mary Brooks. And they had seven children, Johnny, Ethel, Terrell, Verla, Willie, James, Ned Jr., and Hester Houston. I hope I got those right. 
They had many, many grandchildren and great-grands. Ned never left Franklin County. He never left that acreage where he was born and lived and inherited from his parents. He was a farmer. He farmed cotton and rice, believe it or not, and corn and potatoes, beans. He harvested his cotton. He would haul his cotton to Natchez in a wagon to have it ginned. He was still planting cotton into his 80s. He took his vegetables to market. I knew him from two different regards. I knew him as the father of the dearly loved friend of our family, really a part of our family, and us a part of theirs, Curleen Weathersby Caradine. And I also knew him as the man who could fix anything. He was a excellent mechanic. He was one of the most well-respected mechanics anywhere in that part of the world, but he could not only just farm and mechanic, he made shoes. He was a cobbler. He was a blacksmith. Most of all, he was somebody that loved people, and you knew it when you met him. He loved to laugh, and he loved to contribute laughter to, to others by making them smile and telling them something that was uplifting. I love what what his granddaughter, uh, Florice, said about him, quoting from an old poem. He lived in an old wooden house by the side of the road and was a friend to all mankind. That's the truth of Ned Weathersby. An intersection doesn't seem like much. But we've been driving through this intersection of U.S. 98, Berrytown Road, and Yap Road, almost everybody in the county for forever, <laughs> as long as there's been a county and as long as there's been roads. But there's so much that's happened and has existed right there at that intersection that's not visible today that I thought you would find this interesting. Let me start off with the highway. According to my best understanding and looking at records and looking at things on the ground, before there was Highway 98, there was Highway 22. And if you take a right on Yap Road off of Highway 98 and go just not even a hundred yards and look to your left, it's pretty much right across from the Home of Chitta building, you will see an opening. And that opening is the banks of old Highway 22. And if you stand in that opening and look generally towards the bridge, you will see there's a pond that we built, but really it was already there. Mr. Carl Ray Lehman and his bulldozer just dammed up the roadway and made the little small pond out in front of what used to be my house fronting on Highway 98. That's old Highway 22. And if you go down just before the existing bridge, there's a, a little turn off to your right and there's an old roadway that runs parallel to 98 
that runs up to where the old bridge was. Those of us who lived in the 60s and before know that when you turn left onto Berrytown Road off of 98, immediately on your left was a large two-story house known as the Cassidy House. And that was Judge Hiram Cassidy, who was a circuit court judge in the mid-1800s. He was married to Mary Proby. He and Mary Proby are buried across the highway behind the, the Hollis and Prudence McGeehee house. There's a cemetery there, beautiful little cemetery with Mary Proby Cassidy and Judge Hiram Cassidy. And I know the children buried there who died young. I believe his name was Bert, I think, our good boy Bert. I can kind of see that in my mind. And then one of their daughters is buried there. Along with them is William Proby, who was born in 1784 and died in 1849. He also was a judge. In fact, Judge Hiram Cassidy was a circuit court judge, and Judge Proby was a probate judge, which was the predecessor to the Chancery Court judge, which I served in for a good while. There's a lot of history there. Mr. Proby owned the land that the McGeehees owned. Mr. Proby also owned the land across the river, which was the Dan R. McGeehee property. So Mr. Proby owned both sides of the river and Dan R. McGeehee, former congressman who started Bank of Franklin, owned on the Meadville side of the river. And Dr. McGeehee, his brother, my grandfather, owned on the, the Macomb side of the river. Then between what is now the home of Chitta, the, the restaurant venue, which I originally operated as a restaurant and also as a law office in which formerly was a barn and a hunting club, the barn built by my father in the early 60s by Mr. Calcoat in Lincoln County. But between there and my house, if you walk over there, you'll notice a low spot, and that was a railroad that came out of the Homachita Lumber Company, crossed the river, and you can find those old pilings. People that have traveled the river know right where I'm talking about. Those pilings are still there where the where the rail spur came out of the, the Homachita Lumber Company, crossed the river, and then turned and went down the river, that railroad bed. And you can follow it a long ways. It goes all the way down into the Homachita community, I believe. I've, I've never traced it that far, but it goes quite a ways down there. And it was what's called a dummy line. It was built for the purpose of harvesting timber and bringing it into the Homachita Lumber Company. And there also is right under where our house used to be that burned several years ago, there was the first oil well drilled in Franklin County. 
I believe it was 1929. I know it was in the 20s. It may, I'm thinking it might have been a couple of years, like 26 or 27. And it was called, I think, Cassidy Number 1. I came to know that by learning from Mr. Dewey McGee, who was my grandfather's double first cousin. Their daddies were brothers, and their daddies married two sisters. Nola and Ella Lumpkin, whole nother story that I won't try to get into. But Cousin Dewey came to my house when we were building the log cabin, and he joked and said, he talked with kind of a nasal twang. He said, well, that's just like Mays. He put you right in the middle of a dry hole. And I said, what are you talking about, Mr. Dewey? And he told me about that oil well that was drilled there directly under where the original log cabin we built. And the reason he's so familiar with it is that Mr. Dewey and Mr. Lewis McGehee, who were cousins also, brought the the steam engine up from somewhere around Lafayette, Louisiana, with a team of ox walking along beside it. So that intersection that we pass all the time and seems just to be just a little blip in the road, there's quite a history there uh, when you know all that's taken place. And I haven't really covered it all. There used to be a a highway barn, working barn there uh, that they leased a little spot, I guess, from the family where, where the barn restaurant law office is now. And I could go on and on about some other things, but that's enough about that intersection. It's amazing by what we don't see that is there in history. Fresh out of law school, I got my first case, Judge Marie Griffith, Justice of the Peace, sent word to me to come over to the courthouse to represent a young man charged with stealing a car. I went over and I spoke with him, and his story was that he was a part of the fair that came to town in Franklin County every year. The fair came in about the same time in late August or September. He said he had decided he was leaving the fair, and he was going back home somewhere in Louisiana. And so he struck out hitchhiking right there in front of the fair in Meadville. He said he hadn't gone too far when he got picked up, and as he was driving along, the fellow that he was riding with said, do you like this car? And he said, yes, sir, I do. He said, would you like to buy it? And he said, well, I don't have enough money to buy a car. And he said, you'd be surprised. I'll sell you this one cheap. I don't remember the price, but it was like $50 or $100 or something like that. And so his story was, is that the man pulled over, he paid him, and he drove on in his new car. Um, it was a little bit of an amazing story, I have to have to admit. So here's what actually happened. He stole the car from behind Dub McIntyre's service station there in Meville, the Union 76, or previously the Pure Oil Station. And a friend of mine, a little bit older than me, named Ray Lee, who was connected to Dub, I've forgotten how, uh, he had been working on this car 
doing some repairs to it, and he kept it parked behind Dub's service station while he was getting it going and ready to sell or whatever he was going to do with it. And so this fellow took that car, found it back there, hot-wired it or however he did, probably maybe even had the key in it, and he was driving west out of Franklin County, over into the edge of Adams County. Now, over there, just across the county line, there was a place where people who were tired and weary and thirsty on a journey from Meadville over to Natchez could stop and get refreshed. And that's where he stopped. And he went in there and he asked some directions from somebody And this fellow was shooting pool in there while he was drinking his refreshment. And that fellow came out and he propped his foot up on the front bumper of that car, his boots on, and he started telling him very uh, seriously and very sincerely about how to get the direction he was going and he was pointing and He would talk a minute, and he'd look down at that car, and he'd talk another minute, and he'd look down at that car, and all of a sudden he said, Hell, fella, that's my car. (laughs) That man had stolen that car from Hinchy Ray Lee, stopped at this place where Hinchy Ray had stopped to get refreshment on his long trip to Natchez, and that's who he happened to ask for help. And so... That's how he got caught. And Hinchy Ray was not a big fan of mine when it showed up me representing me representing this fellow, but he eventually forgave me. I talked to him about it years later. He said he'd let it go. My first case. Hell, fellow, that's my car. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our roots. We thank you for our county of franklin we thank you for our people we thank you for blessing us with your presence and your peace lord help us to be so surrendered to you that our lives would become less and jesus would become more that we would be the people you've called us to be to become more and more like jesus we pray in his name amen This concludes this episode of Franklin County Stories of Our Lives. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, let's keep aiming for Jesus.